Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Oh, oh, great crossover. Got it. <laughs> That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. What's going on, everybody? Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast with Cerrone and Simpson flying solo today for episode 129 of the DC Crossover, the thrill of DC sports. And I tell you, When we're talking about the thrill of D.C. sports, I mean, this city just takes you for a loop every single season, no matter what season it is, whether it's Redskins, Washington football team, Commanders, or uh, the Washington Capitals, or whoever is playing in season. The Washington Wizards uh, gave us some thrilling games over the last week or so, but I tell you, It's just something that you don't ever experience in another city, for the most part. I mean, obviously, I don't have any uh, experience in that field because I've been living here my entire life. But you're just looking at it and saying, this city just goes through turmoil and turmoil, and then all of a sudden, jubilation, uh, or is it a jubilation? Jubilate? No, it's jubilation. I forgot whatever word it is. I'm trying uh, too hard now. Uh, But, I mean, it just goes up and down the roller coaster when it comes down to this city. Um, And throughout this entire episode, we will get to a lot of those different types of thrills that we've had in the last week. But, again, I want to welcome you into the DC Crossover with Cerrone and Simpson. I am Mike Cerrone. Ben off this week. Episode 129. I want to also thank our sponsor, DraftKings, the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can always tune in to their free play pools all the time. And also, you can hang out with us and listen to our end segment of our episodes, the Moneyline, sponsored by DraftKings. 
uh, where you can also bet on some of our picks. Right now, our uh, season total tally uh, for this season of our picks, Ben is at a 5-11 and record, so not really doing too great, but I did go 0-2 this past week, so he ended up going 1-1 and and beating me this week. But I am 11-5 and this season, so I'm on a little heater. Not going to lie. On a little bit of a heater, uh, for the most part, with my parlays. I think I'm 5-12 and 12 or something like that, which, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at parlays, obviously, uh, they have a lot bigger payout. So, a 5-12 and 12 record, yeah, okay, under 500, but my return on investment, my ROI, is through the freaking roof over the last uh, five or six days. So, I'm actually pretty thrilled with that. Um, but, uh, as Ben did hold down the fort... Uh, last week, I was out of town. I was in South Carolina visiting one of my best friends that I grew up with. And um, I'll tell you one thing. Airports are just nuts. Now, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, I, if you haven't visited Charleston, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina is one of the premier spots in all of America. Now, obviously, you know, people always Google all the time oh, where should I go on vacation or where should I go for this weekend or whatever? And Charleston is always in the top three for the United States. And that's the funny thing is that I've been there now twice, haven't been disappointed once. I mean, it is a great place to live, great place to visit, and just overall a great place in general to uh, never be bored at. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do in Charleston. And I literally planned this weekend, me and my girlfriend went down there, <clears throat> me and my girlfriend went down there visiting my buddy uh, and his uh, and his uh, girlfriend as well, and they have a beautiful house. the The housing market down there is so much cheaper than here, which is nuts. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you also look at all the things that they have planned that you can do on a weekend. I mean, it was a random weekend. Okay, so me and Jess are teachers. Obviously, if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, my girlfriend's name is Jess, and we're both teachers. And we had a holiday on this past Monday, and we go down there. And my buddy's like, oh, yeah, I got this to do, a food truck festival. Like, I mean, he's, he's naming all these things that are going on just in a random weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. So if you haven't been there, definitely go there. So getting into my main point of, and everyone knows, when you listen to this show, me and Ben usually banter back and forth in the first 10 to 15 minutes or so, letting us know, uh, or letting each other know, I should say, what's going on in the last week or so. Um, in our lives, and also keeping you guys up to date, what's going on with us as well uh, when it comes to trips and comes to just in general things that grind our gears and stuff like that. So, the airports. Airports obviously are really easy to get frustrated in because no one really likes going to airports. I mean, God bless the people who literally have to work on the road all the time, and they're literally flying left and right. A buddy of mine's dad, when we were growing up, I mean, he had this one project where he had to fly out to Minnesota for literally, like, every other weekend. It's like, that must suck. Now, obviously, he was getting handsomely paid, so that's a different story. <laughs> but, I mean, overall, just flying on planes just blows. I mean, it just sucks. And... I don't know what it is, but we were on United, and for some reason, United, their seats got, like, smaller or something. Either I grew to be a giant, or literally the seats got so small that I feel like I'm, regardless, flying on Spirit, or Frontier, or Allegiant, is, is that still a thing? I mean, all these, these nub plane companies, or air, aircrafts, or whatever you want to call them, I mean... 
they literally pack you in there like sardines. Everyone knows that. But my knees couldn't be more far up my throat because I literally was sitting on that chair and I could not get comfortable whatsoever. Not to mention that you would think that they would manufacture this plane and make sure that the plane has the windows like right next to the window seat instead of, oh, my window, sorry, is in between the guy's seat in front of me and also my seat. So like I'm like leaning forward trying to look at the stupid Route 28 or something like that. I mean, it's just so funny to me because you're, you're looking at it and it's like, these airlines have to be, I mean, we can make a list. Honestly, we can make a list of exactly what scams are out there that everyone knows about that, but they just keep paying. But airlines are such a pain in the ass. I, I mean, I seriously can't stand airlines. I mean, yes, going on trips is fun. And once you get there, you're enjoying yourself and all that kind of stuff. But the dread of, oh, I have to leave today. Let me pack up my stuff and just count down the minutes till I have to go sit next to, you know, Gary over here or whatever. This Charles that's sitting there with his stupid Washington Post newspaper that's up in my grill. And then you have another thing that really pisses me off. Now, this is a tangent, but I don't really care because I'm here by myself and I'm just going off. Another thing that really pisses me off is the stupid idiots that literally go and get food. Like this guy had like literally a, a $5 foot long from Subway and he's like, ah, let me just eat my turkey club here. Like, dude, the, the, the tray table in front of you isn't even a foot long. Like, how are you going to eat this thing? Not, not to mention, sorry, I don't want to see your uh, oil and vinegar and, and, and all this other garbage that you put on the stupid sandwich in front of me. Like... I already hate flying enough. Like I don't, I don't get scared on flights. Let's put it that way. I just hate it because I don't like sitting there. Like I mean, you're sitting there sweating. You're like, this is this is like uncomfortable as hell. And then, you, like I said, you have Charles over here reading the Washington Times, and then you got freaking uh, you know a Bill over here with this stupid Burger King. It's like, can you not? Can you just not? I mean, I don't understand why you have to sit there and eat a full meal from Burger King and then have your newspaper and you have to look at like the, the most middle section so your arms are all the way so far out that the newspaper is literally hitting me in the face. Like, I just don't understand airplanes. I just don't understand them. And like I said, you would expect, oh, I get a window seat. Cool, I can look at the window. Sorry, your window is in between your, your seat and the other person's seat to the point where you have to lean forward and you're literally eating the tray table in front of you just to look outside. I mean, and not to mention, God bless flight attendants. God bless them, all right? I'm not going to lie. God, uh, God bless them because the sole fact that that job must be really tough because of the sole fact that you're flying all the time and, and, and people suck on flights. I mean, people are rude. People are just mean and, and nasty and they smell. And then flight attendants have to deal with all that stuff. But I don't understand when flight attendants feel the need to ask you if you want something to drink. Now, a buddy of mine said, no one's ever woken me up. I've had flight attendants wake me up literally almost every single flight. Now, I don't sleep that much on planes, maybe like five, 10 minutes, if that. Um, I usually am trying to watch something. But like, if I'm looking at myself, I can see you in my peripherals, okay? I can see you. I don't need to make eye contact with you if I don't need a soda or if I don't need a water on this 50-minute flight. Like, I just don't understand where they're like, can you tap that guy to make sure he needs something? Like, can you tap him? Like, I've had so many people tap my shoulder, and I'm just like, what do you want? 
Stop asking me. I don't want a Coca-Cola. I'm sorry. I don't want a ginger ale. I, I just don't understand it. Don't wake me up. Don't bother me. Like I just want to get out of this plane and, and move along with my life. But instead, these flight attendants, and again, God bless them. Not, nothing against you personally, but the ones that sit there and have to have to tell you, tell Charles next to me to to tap me on the shoulder and say, "Hey, this this uh you know Betsy over here is asking you if you want a soda." Sorry, Betsy, I don't want a soda. I want to get the hell off this plane. Stop asking Charles to tap me. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, it's just how it is. Okay, that's just how it is. Keep your keep keep to your little box. I mean, my laptop right here is probably. I mean, Jesus, this, this laptop is probably as big as the seat was. I mean, I was so scrunched in there to the point where I was I was dying. Not to mention, I got sick literally the day before we, or I should, I should say, the morning of that we were going to Charleston. So I ended up getting screwed there as well because of the sole fact that I was coughing all weekend. I felt like death. I mean, you know, happy Halloween, but I felt like, that's what we should have called this episode, Halloween episode. But literally, I felt like death for the last like day and a half of being in Charleston. So that kind of ruined a lot of the trip. Not to mention the flight got delayed about 20 minutes or so because it arrived late. And then I'm sitting there and all I'm doing is eating candy because the stupid freaking Jack Nicholas or whatever uh, restaurant at the Charleston airport, uh, you know, they get, they literally had five things on the, on the menu and I literally got one of them and they said, Oh, sorry, you don't get tomato soup with the grilled cheese because we're out of it. I said, you only have four things on the menu. How, how, how are you already out of something? I don't know. Anyways, that's, that's a whole other story. But you know also what things, what kind of things that kind of grind my gears when it comes to air, airports and airplanes and stuff like that? How people dress to get on an airplane. I mean, I can't tell you how many hoe bags I've seen literally. And yes, I just said hoe bags. Um, you can add bag to any word and it makes it sound funny. Uh, hoe bags. Literally, I've seen so many people. Like this one girl came in there, crop top, stomach hanging all out, ass halfway out of her pants. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what, what, what are we doing here? I just don't understand. Like, dress appropriately. Sorry, I don't want to, you know, I mean, let's, I mean, it, guys do it too. I'm not going to lie. I mean... I see guys in like tank tops and stuff like that. It's like, dude, sorry, I don't want your freaking you know pits all in my dome when I'm sitting there trying to get off this plane, especially when they're trying to like move through the seats or they have to go to the bathroom, God forbid, and their like arms are all up. So it's like dress appropriately. Get a sweatshirt, get a jacket, get a get a just a t-shirt, something that's normal, normal wear and tear, you know, all that kind of stuff, and 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 make sure that you are dressed appropriately to get on the freaking United flight that they pack you in with. Not to mention, it's like the last United flight that we were on. I mean, I, there was no airflow in there whatsoever. I mean, absolutely zero. Felt like I was gonna be suffocated. It was unbelievable. But just how people dress on airplanes. I mean, like I said, this girl came in a crop top and I mean, stomach's halfway out, ass is out the back. I mean, it's like, what's going on here? Like, seriously, are, are you, are you going to the club? Are you, are you going to bed? W which one is it? I don't understand. Not to mention how people get off the plane. I mean, and this is going to be like, this is like a whole plane episode. I mean, geez, I, I've already been 13 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I just don't care. Hey, my show, my, my rules. Um, how people get off the plane. Okay. 
I love how the pilot did that little Geico little thing where, you know, that Geico commercial where the guy, the old man's in the fishing gear and he's like, you got to be quicker than that with the, with like with the, the fishing uh, line and the fishing pole and all that kind of stuff with the dollar bill. Literally, that's what the, the, the pilot did or the captain or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, Captain Insano. Uh, that's what he said. He was like, hey, uh, if, if you have a connecting flight that you really need to get to, raise your hand and people will let you off. Okay, there was six people in the back of the plane that were sitting there raising their hands, literally freaking out. I mean, ha- ha- like literally about to pop a blood vessel in their head because they were just going nuts about trying to get their connector flight. Sorry, maybe you didn't plan better enough or good enough. Or maybe you should have went up to somebody in the front and said, hey, I'll pay you 100 bucks right now if we can switch seats. Because I would have taken that deal in a second, either even though I was a second to last row. But at the same time, you're like, I hate these people who they, they they get up and they act like I mean the stupid little walkway thing isn't even attached to the plane yet. What do you think you're gonna do? You think you're gonna just, just jump off the 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 door? It's it makes no sense. Like what are you rushing to? Not to mention the people that have like three carry on bags that they stuff in the overhead compartments, but they get on too late because they couldn't plan fa- far enough in advance to get to the to the terminal in a certain amount of time, and then all of a sudden their bags are all s- separated on all of the compartments all over the plane. It's like people are just stupid. I mean, that's the that should be the title of this episode. People are stupid. I mean, it's like let's be honest here. I just don't understand it. And last but not least. Obviously, you know, um, this should be the last part is talkers in the airport. So I, I mentioned earlier that me and Jess went to um, this this restaurant because we got there. We got dropped off uh, a little earlier and uh, we were like, all right, let's go get something to eat. The only real restaurant was called like Jack Nicholas, like the Golden Bear or something like that, which, OK, I, I like a nice little grill or whatever. So um, it was gross. I mean, there was fruit flies near the bar and all that kind of stuff. But that's, again, that's besides the point. I just don't understand because this one lady's traveling separate than this other lady. And you can just tell when someone, you know that feeling when someone's kind of like looking at you and you just don't want to address them or even look at them or you just just feel like their eyes are in the back of your skull. Um, And this lady starts talking to her and I'm just like, Man, I, I couldn't stand if someone did that to me. If I was traveling separate and I you know, went to a restaurant or something like that just to get something to eat real quick or whatever and just hang out for a hot second, and then this person starts trying to chat me up, it's like, I, I'm sorry you have three connectors, but I don't want to talk to you. I don't know who you are. I'm never going to see you ever again. Why, why do I need to talk to you? And why do you have to like – and it's, it's like the same person on the plane. Okay, If you're sitting next to someone, if you're in like a 2-2 row kind of thing, um, two seats, two seats, and you're sitting next to somebody, you can exchange pleasantries and stuff like that, but that's the extent of it. You don't want to go farther than that. You go farther than that, then all of a sudden the person is feeling like they're just trapped. Like they're they're feeling like a, an animal in a zoo. Just like, well, I guess I'm going to go you know, play in the pond today because I have nothing else to do because I'm in a zoo. And now all of a sudden this other person starts talking to you, and you're like, well... <laughs> I mean, you're Ricky Bobby with your hands up in the air saying, I don't know what to do here because I don't want to talk to this person. But, you know, Chatty Cathy over here wants to tell me about, you know, her visiting her, her her grandson. You know, it's like, it's I don't, who cares? I mean, <laughs> these people, oh, people are so stupid. I just don't get it. Like, I understand, like I said, exchange your pleasantries, be done, get it over with, and then, you know, move on with your life. 
Okay, everyone has headphones on that plane. Almost every single person, except for like I said, Charles over here with the stupid Washington Post, and then you have you know the Subway and Burger King over here that's sitting there eating a, a ten course meal is onion rings. I mean, it's just it just makes no sense. Everyone has headphones. Everyone has technology nowadays. Leave me alone. That's all I'm saying. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say because no one really cares what you have to say and no one really wants to talk to you because let's be honest, everyone's a loner nowadays uh, in the world today. All right. So moving on to the rewind after I just spent 17 minutes of venting about airports and idiots. Um, so first off, the Washington Capitals 5-4-0. and oh. They beat the Devils 6-3. Six different goal scorers in that one, so that's good to see. Uh, Lindgren, our backup goalie, uh, with a good output, saving 92.7% of shots that game. That's a game you got to win. you got to beat the Devils. The Devils are not a good uh, team right now. They've been rebuilding for a few – geez, it feels like ever since Martin Brodeur left, they've been rebuilding. Um, but overall, 6-3 win. They got the Devils. Then the next one, those damn Dallas Stars. First of all, I hate Dallas no matter what. Uh, mainly because of the Cowboys. Um, but uh, we can't beat the Stars save our damn life. I mean, one of my best uh, buds from uh, college, uh, he's a huge Stars fan. We go to the Stars game every single year that they come in uh, to town here in D.C. And, uh, you know, he messaged out on Facebook to me and said, hey, you know, good job beating us today. And I was like, yeah, well, we can never beat you. So I just got to bet against us every single time. Lost the Stars 2-0. Uh, Darcy Kemper, though, 92.6% of shots saved, which is awesome. Uh, it's good to see him actually step up a little bit. Uh, he had a rough start to the season, um, but getting used to the new club, new defense, new everything like that. Uh, I think that Darcy Kemper is now kind of getting his legs underneath of him after his last two games that have been phenomenal. Uh, but Dallas did win 68% of the faceoffs, so, I mean, that's a huge <laughs> ordeal right there all in itself. That's not a good recipe for a dub. But then moving on to the next game, a shutout against Nashville. There you go, Darcy Kemper with his first shutout as a capital. So overall, I mean, pretty damn well. Pretty damn well overall. I mean, 96 or so percent of shots saved in his last two games. So I will take Darcy Kemper as uh, moving on right there for us in his first shutout as a Washington capital. Moving on, uh, also Protoss tallies his third point in the three games. Uh, in his last three games with a goal. So that's good to see as well, the 21-year-old uh, for the Washington Capitals. Moving on, the Washington Wizards, 3-3. Three and three, Pretty good start, 3-1, and one, last, lost last two. Um, so not the best uh, as you know we would hope. Um, but we did the same thing last year. Started off pretty strong, then kind of evened out. Um, but I'm liking this team. I'm liking this team overall. They started off uh, this past week beating the Pistons 120-99. And then they ended up moving on, playing the Pacers for the second time <laughs> in six games, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they lost to them 127-117. The Pacers shot unbelievably uh, from the three-point arc, literally in the first half. I mean, I think at one point I saw a graphic that said that they made more three-pointers than we made field goals in general, which is nuts. Um, but the Pacers are, you know, they're kind of rebuilding as well a little bit. Um, but overall, they got some good pieces there. So hopefully we don't have to see them for a while. Uh, I think Miles Turner really killed us that game. Uh, moving on, obviously, uh, lost to the Celtics uh, yesterday, 112-94, early game. I believe it started at like 5 or 6, um, but 112-94, uh, the first time the Wiz kids have not scored over 100 points this season, so that's not that great. But overall, really impressed with the Wizards so far, 
happy with them uh, going out there and, and you know giving us some entertaining games. This is, again, one thing that I said prior uh, at the beginning of the episode that this is a thrill of DC sports, you know, going out there and having a chance, watching Bradley Beal go out there and Kyle Kuzma, you know, KP go out there and actually do some fun things. Daniel Gafford coming off the bench. You know, we're seeing a lot of different things uh, that this Wizards team is uh, providing uh, for entertainment purposes. And uh, overall, it's kind of funny because some people said that we were going to finish like 13th or something like that uh, in the standings. Um, but with this team, if this team stays healthy and they play like this the entire season, you know, I can see us fighting for a playoff spot, but I don't think it's going to go much farther than that because it's the whole fact that, yes, we got Bradley Beal. We don't really have that secondary star. Yes, KP is good, but who knows what his health is going to be uh, coming down the stretch um, and so on and so forth. But 3-3, three and three, entertaining first six games for the Wiz, uh, and we'll see what happens after the next few games. So, uh, the Washington Commanders now are on the docket, and let's get right in to the Washington Commanders. We are the Commanders. The Washington Commanders, man, what a game yesterday. That was one of those types of games that you just sit there and you're like, are we really going to win this thing? Are we are we really going to stay in this thing? Is this game ever going to end, honestly? Um, because of the sole fact, I mean, you're looking at it as well. The, that game was not pretty. You know, and the funny thing about this team right now is that I'm getting kind of irritated because of the sole fact that you know, I always say you have to be one or the other. You have to be one or the other. I mean, are you a team that's going to go out there and give us a shot every single week? You know, that's a team that I want to see, a team that's going to, you know, have a shot to win every single week. Or are we going to be a team that goes out there and has these little squeakers where it improves our win total, but when it comes down to the draft, we all of a sudden have to go out there and try to have some type of personnel decision for a 15th draft pick or whatever, number 15 in the first round draft pick. And you're sitting there like, how is that going to help us? I mean, having a top five to 10 draft pick somewhere in the top 10 is so crucial. I mean, you're looking at it for the NBA, for instance. I mean, most of the time, probably 90% of the time, if you don't have a pick in the top six or seven, then the person's probably going to be a role player for the most part. Either a role player or somehow might surprise you like a Giannis or a, or whoever else um, got drafted you know, way past number 15 or something like that. But you're looking at the commanders and saying, are we really going to go out there and just squeak by every single game? Because yes, people sit there and they're like, oh man, it's nice to to go out there with a dub and it's awesome to see them win and all that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm one of those guys. I love seeing my team win. I've been a fan for them for years. And it's it's just you're looking at this team and it's, it's not really – and I don't know what it is. Maybe I got some thorn in my side or something like that. But this team just doesn't – it doesn't feel – ever since week one, it doesn't feel like this team is really giving me any joy personally. Mainly for the sole fact that, you know, the whole entire Carson Wentz shtick that everyone says that he sucks and that he's a choke artist and he's this and he's that and all that kind of stuff. But then you see, I mean, Taylor Heineke come in here and everyone's, you know, all gung-ho for Taylor Heineke. I mean, I just don't understand it. So 
we'll get to that here in a second. I have a little, you know, spiel that I want to go through. But uh, just just going along with the 17-16 win, the studs, we'll go with studs and duds. I think the studs, scary Terry. I mean, 100%. Six catches of eight targets, 113 yards. Antonio Gibson, seven for 58, one touchdown. So right there, that's 13 catches for about 180 yards or so, um, 170 yards or so. Uh, for the, just those two. So that was the bulk of the receptions and the yardage for Taylor Heineke. Uh, my boy, John Allen, eight total tackles, two tackles for loss. Deron Payne, another sack for him. I believe he has five and a half sacks, if I'm not mistaken, which ties his, enti- excuse me, his entire uh, year last year. Uh, also a tackle for loss. And our boy, Tress Way, four punts inside the 20. Right now he's tied for first in the NFL four punts inside the 20 and that just helps uh the defense and it's it's helping a lot especially yesterday where the defense kept us in that game for the most part in our duds the offensive line it's a huge need this offseason obviously we need offensive line quarterback we need every everything on the offensive side of the ball uh that does nothing to do with the receivers (laughs) i mean let's be honest here um we do have some needs on the defense but again another topic another day but overall i mean the offensive line is just it's just putrid. I mean, they just don't have any other thing to, I mean, hang their hat on because every single time they go out there, they're just getting blown up left and right. Now, yes, their line is pretty good. DeForest Buckner's uh, an obvious you know, presence uh, inside and also on the outside. He plays both. Um, and then, obviously, you have Shaq Leonard, uh, one of the best middle linebackers in the entire NFL, uh, who was hurt for a little while but then came in and made a huge impact. Um, but – you're just looking at it, and now I'm going to get into the the, the feelings I have about this team. <coughs> Excuse me. So, the Washington Commanders just give me this uneasy feeling, if you want to say it that way. The uneasy feeling that I have for this team is that every, with every single win we have, we are taking a step back in our progress to being a better franchise, to being a better football club on the field, and just in general, not taking the steps forward that we need to. And that can include losing. Sometimes you just need to lose. I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. And Despite all these different things about Dan Snyder and all that kind of stuff, I don't want to get into that today. Okay? Don't want to get into that today. But sometimes you just have to lose. Now, I'm not pro-tank all the time. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not when it comes to different sports. But winning these little squeakers, I mean, you're going to get to the playoffs, for instance. Say we get to the playoffs somehow, some way. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because our division is just stacked right now. But you're looking at it and saying, we get to the playoffs. Who, who are we going to play that's just going to wax us? I don't want to see there uh, or see on the TV us losing by 17 points because our coaching staff is incapable of planning or adjusting or anything like that you know, and being inferior to a guy, say, like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or some of these type of guys that can go out there and adjust on the fly. Ron Rivera, and even though Jack Del Rio, I kind of like him here and there, but Scott Turner, they they just don't adjust. They just can't do it. So why do I really want to see this team, you know, 
be competitive and show some strides because that'll give me more enjoyment right now, honestly, than winning these squeakers. Because the squeakers feel like we're just pumping the brakes on progressing this franchise into being a consistent presence in not only the division, but in the conference of the NFC. Because for me, I look at this team and see great pieces. I see Jahan Dotson, who, yes, he's hurt, but he made some flashes and I think caught three touchdowns or something like that in the first two weeks. Scary Terry going out there, doing his thing, always. The defensive line looking great. John Allen, once again, being the leader that he is. But the problem is, is winning these squeakers, we're honestly moving our draft stock higher and higher and higher to the point where we're literally not going to be able to get a premier uh, offensive tackle or a guard or somebody that's going to be an impact for this team. You know, there's only certain teams out there that keep losing. Yes, they're consistent losers and stuff like that, like the Lions, uh, like the Jags, those type of teams, the Texans. But you're seeing this team, and this has been a gripe for people this, geez, the last 15 years that – it seems like whenever we make the playoffs, we're barely squeaking in with a nine and seven, ten and five, or ten and six, or whatever. Now, obviously, there's 17 games, so it's a little bit different. But you're seeing this team always just you know, squeak on by. Like it's like I don't want to see a 17 to 16 win. Now, it did help one of my parlays. Not gonna lie, but I would love to see them actually beat a, a debut of uh, Sam Ellinger. A Ailinger, whatever, uh, you know, by more than one point, our defense is probably on par with theirs. I mean, they they have a pretty decent defense, I would say. Their front seven, but they're I mean, their their corners, except for Gilmore, are nothing to you know, sh- you know go crazy about. Not to mention, Jonathan Taylor has been a shell of himself all year. Their offensive line, I mean, John Allen was just ragdolling Quentin Nelson a few different times yesterday. But I'm just looking at it and saying. We should have been beating them by at least 10, you would you would hope. Now, obviously, the odds makers said, oh, Taylor Heineke's in there and all that kind of stuff. A-Langer's in there. So, you know, we'll put the spread at, what was it, plus one and a half, you know, for the Colts or something like that. But I just think about it and think, th- this shouldn't be like this. I mean, literally, literally, we are so far ahead, I think, of Indianapolis than I mean, their their receiving core sucks. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman couldn't be a number one on 16 teams. I mean, let's be honest here. Michael Pittman dropped a ball that could have possibly won them the game yesterday and gotten them in field goal range. I mean, literally, that's the thing. Michael Pittman is is, is nothing. Paris Campbell, I mean, he was literally drafted uh, before Scary Terry, came from Ohio State, was teammates with him, and he sucks. I mean, he sucks too. It's like... Literally, their offense is not that great besides Jonathan Taylor. Sorry, I said it. Moali Cox is a basketball player. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want to say? I'm just I'm just thinking about it and looking at it and saying, this team, again, I'll repeat myself. This team is not, not giving me personal joy, even with a win. Because, again, I feel like this team is taking steps backward by winning these little squeakers and somehow finishing seven and ten or eight and nine, stuff like that, because it's not gonna help us. 
We need draft capital. We need draft picks that will come in here and make a huge impact. We need trades that will help us. You're looking at teams like the Panthers, for instance. They just they just sold their, their, their system with Christian McCaffrey, got a ton of picks back, and somehow are winning. Okay, sweet. You know, who cares? You're going to have a ton of draft capital. Great. That's awesome. But for us, it's like, we don't trade the, these people. I mean, they were like, oh, Antonio Gibson, I like our, our backfield. Like, you like our backfield. Sweet, Ron, who cares? If you trade him, maybe you get a good draft pick for him, like a fourth rounder or something like that, or a third rounder. I mean, we've been somehow hitting more of our fourth rounders than we have our first rounders. But you're looking at it and saying this team needs to pick a side, basically. You're the dark side or you're the light side. You're, you're one of the sides here. You can't be in the middle. And in the middle is what has gotten this team to where it is now, where it's just mediocrity every single year. You want to talk about victory Mondays and all that kind of stuff. Half the season is a victory Monday. So you just have to mark up what you got. And honestly, going along with Taylor Heineke, I think the, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a cool guy. I think he's fun. I think he's energetic. I think that the, the whole entire team loves him. But I'm a little over the fan base sitting there and not looking at the facts and and just clamoring for Taylor Heineke to, to, to be the starter on this team. Why do you need Taylor Heineke to be the starter? I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I literally want, and tweet me at Saron16, literally, I want someone to sit there and tell me the really great three reasons that Taylor Heineke should be the starter on this team. Now, am I comparing him to Carson Wentz? No. Not trying to compare him to Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz gives us a lot better shot to win, if you ask me. Now, yes, does Taylor Heineke maybe fit this system because he's been in it for so damn long? And maybe does he fit this team because our offensive line sucks and he can move a lot more and be more mobile than Carson Wentz? Yes. Yes. I believe that wholeheartedly. Nothing against him and nothing against Carson, honestly, in that matter as well. I mean, that's just those are just two facts, okay? But the difference is Carson Wentz doesn't have limitations throwing the football. Is he inaccurate sometimes? Yeah, sure. Sure, I get it. He's inaccurate sometimes. But you're looking at Taylor Heineke, and it's like, I mean, it, it's just, it's like Ryan Zimmerman out there at the end of his career, just noodle arm and everything. Taylor Heineke... And I think it's hilarious because everyone, you know, all the fans, I should say, not a lot of the analysts and people on Twitter like that are that beat reporters and all that kind of stuff, but all like these fans, these Fairweather fans and these the Heineke Hive and all those all these people. Oh, he he won us that game. He won a no, he didn't. He scored seven points, seven points in literally what was it, fifty five minutes. Out of a 60-minute ball game. 55 minutes, he scored seven points. So everyone thinks, oh, man, uh, Taylor Heineke gives us a chance to win. You know, <laughs> he underthrew Terry McLaurin on that last ball. Does anyone understand that? Terry McLaurin beat Stephon Gilmore, had about three or four yards of space. If Taylor Heineke had anything underneath that football that could have actually got near the end zone, that would have been an easy touchdown. Easy. But he underthrew it. Terry McLaurin has to be, you know, Superman out there and go out there and have an, an unreal, a dramatic catch just to give us a shot. And people think that, oh, 
You know, Terry McLaurin, what a great catch. But Taylor Heineke, man, he's the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> Dude, he, he underthrew him by five yards. I mean, literally, that's what all last year was. And everyone realized it last year. But once Carson Wentz came in and once, you know, this offense was inept and, and literally incapable of moving the ball at all because Scott Turner sucks. Literally, you're looking at it and saying, oh, everyone wants Taylor Heineke now because Scott Turner's offense sucks. Oh, okay, well, they scored 17 points yesterday and seven in about 55 minutes. So I'm sure his offense is really changing with Taylor Heineke. <laughs> I think it's just stupid, man. I mean, not to mention the, the week prior against the Packers, the Packers literally, I mean, they somehow are just a shell of themselves after losing Devontae Adams. But you're, you're looking at it and saying, Last week, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game, but I saw some highlights. And Taylor Heineke was like one for seven with like a pick six. It's like, you can't have that. Yes, everyone has a bad game or something like that. But come on now. Let's be honest here. It's it's just funny to me how people sit there and they put Taylor Heineke on a pedestal because they, they just like, oh, he's a scrapper. He's a really, I mean, he just is all grit. And he's, his toughness is awesome. I don't want a quarterback that has grit and toughness. Yes, my backup quarterback, I would love to have that. Taylor Heineke can be my backup any day of the week. But for the people sitting there not realizing that we were so limited yesterday with the short passes, why do you think Antonio Gibson had seven catches for almost 60 yards? I mean, I mean is, is, there, is anyone going to mention that? And I love, I saw the take the other day. Um, actually, I should say not the other day. It was yesterday that someone said on the radio, "Oh man, those fifty-fifty balls. You know, he 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 just throws it to the right guys." Uh, sorry, I don't want a guy to be un. I mean, pulling the trigger on all these different. He should have had five picks in the last two weeks. I don't think anyone realizes that balls were dropped left and right. He had a crucial pick in the in the fourth quarter. It's like. We're having a different conversation if Scott Turner calls a different play or if we run the ball or if we have any type of good clock management in the Titans game and we win that game. Totally different conversation. Literally. Because no one wants to give Carson Wentz any, any credit. Everyone wants to just, just to S on him the entire time. But you're looking at Taylor Heineke and he doesn't do anything for 55 minutes. But oh, he... That's the whole entire Tim Tebow aspect. When Tim Tebow was on the, on the Broncos, everyone loved him because he was just just tough nose grit would would put his nose down and, and and run through the tackles and stuff like that and give you some opportunities besides throwing the football. But now, you know, you're looking at it and seeing that you know when Tim Tebow was on the Broncos, that's why he's not playing football anymore because he he, he can't play the position. And there's only there's only so much you can do when you don't score for 50 minutes and you have a good 10 minutes of football. That's why the coaches always say, like, we need a good 60 minutes of football. But, of course, Taylor Heineke can't do that. He can't. Look at backup quarterbacks all around the, the whole entire NFL. Case Keenum, probably the closest uh, we've seen in the last decade to being a backup and moving on to being a starter like he was in, in Minnesota and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just it's just funny. It's such a hard position to play, but I hate the fact that 
people sit there and just and just rag on Carson Wentz for two missed throws, but then Taylor Heineke goes out there and you know makes one throw where Terry McLaurin makes an unbelievable catch and everyone gives him all this credit that you know oh my God what a what a, what a play what a play like he's an MVP oh, I I just I get so tired of it I'm just over it. I, just, I, I can't stand it. It's just, I mean, literally, I just can't stand it. But for me, like I said, I, I'm not pro-tank all the time. Like, some once in a while, like, you know, in certain sports, like the NBA, different things like that, yeah, I would love to, you know, get a lottery pick and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to the NFL, you have to lose to get a high pick or make some unbelievable trades, kind of like the Eagles do every year, it feels like, or the Patriots or something like that. But anyways... Just enough about the commanders right now. Obviously, when Ben gets back, uh, we'll have a little more in-depth talks about that. But for me, you know, it, it's I love seeing my team win, but I don't like seeing them win squeakers to the point where, again, in my opinion, we took a step backwards by winning that game and not getting better draft position because as of right now, we're eight games in. I mean, we only have we're about halfway into the season, and again, where are we at? Mediocrity once again at four and four. Looking at the NFC East, the Eagles seven and zero, the Giants six and two, Cowboys six and two, and the Commanders at four and four. Once again, the Eagles probably going to win the division. Giants, I mean, everyone picked the Giants to finish last in this division, so they're going to come down uh, at some point. Um, and I think this past week against Seattle uh, was a big, uh, you know, notch off their ladder. But our next home game is uh, this this coming week. Versus the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins comes back to D.C. We'll see how that game goes. Uh, but just in general, it's one of those situations uh, where you're looking at this team and hoping, hoping that if they're going to make a little run, make a little run. That'd be great. But if you're not, make sure that you're not sitting there and somehow you know, winning tiny little squeakers. And then we get to the playoffs and all of a sudden everyone's like, Let's go, let's go, and they're all hyped up, and then all of a sudden we we lose by twenty, and it's it just a useless situation again. Stepping stone for another team. So, anyways, uh, let's move on to the final lap. Oh man, the final lap! Ding, ding, ding! Ross Chastain whips his car around the wall at Martinsville. Martinsville, by the way, one of the smaller tracks. I think it's one of the, geez, might be the top two smaller tracks uh, when it comes to the NASCAR series, Martinsville and Bristol. Uh, but he had the fastest time ever around the last corner to make the top five and get a spot in NASCAR championship, which is nuts. I mean, the, the, the replay, you should go back and watch it. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, wow. Crazy, crazy, crazy to see that. I haven't watched NASCAR in a very long time. Used to be very uh, into it, but not anymore uh, as of the last five or ten years. Uh, Tennessee, University of Tennessee, the balls wax UK, Kentucky, and prep for the showdown against number one UGA in Athens. That's going to be a great game. Apparently, just the news just came out. Uh, Georgia's uh, best pass rusher is not going to be attending that game. I believe he's hurt or sick or ill or something of that nature. I think he's uh, sick. Or, excuse me. I think he is hurt, um, but we'll see about that. Last but not least, the Stanford's mascot, which, by the way, is so dumb, it's a tree. I, I never understood that. I mean, Stanford Cardinal, and you have a tree as your mascot. When you think it's a bird or something? Uh, anyways, is suspended for a banner that says, Stanford hates fun. 
I'm a little confused by that because now I don't know whatever the whole entire uh, <laughs> whatever the whole entire message behind Stanford hates fun because it could be something like a political statement or something like that that I really don't care about whatsoever. Um, but when you're looking at it, it's kind of funny to me because. First of all, the tree mascot, it has to be one of the ugliest mascots ever. It's like a Christmas tree that has, like, a mouth by the guy's knees and the eyes are, like, droopy or something. It's weird. I don't know. It's just weird. But suspending a student from being the mascot and then the mascot's tweeting out and calling himself number 44 because I guess they count however many people are the tree, um, you know, in the past and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's just weird to me. Like what in the who who is who is giving these people this platform where all of a sudden you know oh I'm I'm the the Stanford tree I'm gonna do a political statement you know with the Arizona Sun Devil or something like that I mean honestly the, the, those type of people I mean when you have a political statement or whatever it may be you know for uh, you know a mascot I mean let's be honest here you're the mascot let's be honest oh my God who the hell cares. I mean, honestly, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just funny to me, man. I mean, hey, it, it, it reminds me of, of this situation. What are you? An idiot sandwich. An idiot sandwich. That's what that guy is. Now, I'm not going to, you know, say his political statement's wrong or anything. I don't even know what the hell it means. Stanford hates fun. Something behind that. But to me, it's just kind of funny because it's the whole fact that this guy went out of his way, lost his mascot s suspension or whatever. Because he wanted to have a banner out there. Just go out there and just jump around. Because that tree doesn't do anything anyways. I mean, literally, the tree is just jumping and making weird motions. Mascots are... I mean, I do like the mascots, though, that go out there and have, like, the football game against, like, the little little kids. And they go out there and just, like, spear, like, a, a little Tommy that's in, like, fourth grade. Now, that's the funny stuff. That's good stuff. I like that. Uh, anyways, that's good entertainment right there. Alrighty, so uh, we are going to get into our money line segment, and we're gonna move right into uh, the money line sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to Maryland, everybody. It won't be long until you can bet same game parlays, money lines, props, and more with DraftKings. But you don't have to wait to get in on the action. You can enter DraftKings Pick'em Free-to-Play Pool every week for a shot to win a share of $15,000 in cold, hard cash and prizes. Joining a free-to-play pool is simple. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app, select pools in the menu bar, and choose from a variety of free-to-play pools for a shot to win big. Soon enough, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports teams from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app and sign up using the code DCCROSSOVER to enter DraftKings Pick'em Free-to-Play Pool for a shot to win big. That's DC Crossover only at DraftKings. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years or older and physically present in the state of Maryland. Eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. See DraftKings.com slash MD for full terms and conditions. Now moving on to the money line sponsored by DraftKings. Last week, again, I went 0-2. Not the best week, okay? Not the best week for your boy. I mean, I was on a nice hot streak. I was 11-3 through 14 picks, um, so I was on a nice little streak. Not as hot as I am right now on the parlays and everything like that, but uh, I went 0-2. Uh, OSU really killed me. Uh, or excuse me, Iowa State really killed me. Um, and then I had the over in the Raiders and 
the Raiders and the um, the uh, Saints game, and the Raiders uh, they they suck. I mean, they're, they're terrible, unbelievable. But again, the money line sponsored by DraftKings this week are picks. Ben's picks of the week. His lock is Washington minus four and a half versus Oregon State. Ben loves the Huskies. He's a Husky guy. He loves the Washington Huskies four and a half versus Oregon State. And then he's got Indiana the Hoosiers plus 14 as his dog versus Penn State. Penn State obviously just had a, a, a nail biter at least through three quarters uh, with Ohio State. Um, but obviously they came out on the wrong side of that defeat. Penn State did. Um, and I think they lost by 11 or so to Ohio State. So uh, tough, tough game last week. So hopefully um, Indiana can cover the 14 in that one and uh, kind of surprise some people. My picks of the week, my lock is under 39.5 for New England and the Colts. I just think New England's defense is another animal. Uh, they're always stout for the most part, except for the, for the, the week prior uh, when uh, they were playing. Uh, God knows who. I forgot who, even who they, who they were playing. They got waxed uh, on Monday night. Uh, but under 39 and a half, New England and Indy, definitely going to go with that one because especially Ellinger, you know, playing as well. I think Bill Belichick will come out uh, firing. Not to mention both these teams average under like 22 points uh, per game. Indy, I think, is at like 17 and New England is at like 22. So I think that's going to be boding, boding well for your boy here for my lock under 39 and a half. And my dogs, I'm taking the, the Vols plus nine at Georgia. I mean, they're just blowing out everybody. And then you look at the game against Alabama. That was a scoring fest. I think that Tennessee can go out there and score with uh, with Georgia in general. Uh, and I, I don't even think Georgia's that great on offense. Yes, they have some playmakers and they can score. Uh, but just overall, I think that Tennessee plus nine, you're giving them over a touchdown. I mean, that's insane. Even if you want to take a teaser, you can add you know two or three points onto that one and make it a, a 10 plus, maybe a 10 and a half. Uh, spread and and go with that one, but I think Tennessee has a really good shot of just winning outright. So I love to see the spread at nine. I love to see what the money line is. I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be plus two something. Um, that's just my opinion. But overall, I think plus nine is way too many points to give Tennessee the Vols right now and Hendon Hooker. Uh, but overall, my record eleven and five. Ben at five and eleven. Um, and man, I I really wish I really wish I had our outro of John Z, but I don't. That's on Ben's uh, side of things. Uh, but once again, this is episode 129 of the DC Crossover. Once again, definitely want to thank our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Definitely go and check them out. They're going to be coming soon to Maryland, as you heard the read earlier. Um, but they are a proud sponsor of the DC Crossover, and we are uh, thrilled to have them on board. Once again, episode 129 of the DC Crossover, The Thrill of DC Sports. I am Mike Cerrone. Once again, signing off for yet another episode of the DC Crossover with Cerrone and Simpson. Take care, everybody.